All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help your we'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hello, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. Oh, hello, I'm Allison. And this is a podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Allison, uh, how are you doing? I heard you have a little friend I'd like to see. Oh, I do. Um, look at my tiny notebook. It's just, so it makes small. me so happy. It's so small for those of you who are not Patreon members. Um, Paint us a word picture. You're missing a video. It is a, uh, what is this, two inches by an inch and a half? Beats me. Couldn't tell you. This could be a yard. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you do giant hands. <laughs> I'm large. Um, it is a very tiny notebook that my friend Julia got me that has eyes on it. And it's very small, and I love it. I love it. Oh, tidy. Look how little this is. I feel like a monster. (laughs) Do you think you'll put your comedy, like your stand-up notes, or what would you use it for? I could not possibly write small enough. Also, it's so small that, like, even just, like, to get it, like, to, like, get it flat enough to write is, I think, impossible. And it's more just, like, this will just exist on my desk as as a buddy. What I like about him, or I, I don't know why I'm gendering it, but in my mind of him... What I like about him yeah. is that he looks so surprised to be a notebook. Like, like he just yeah. woke up as a notebook and has to recalibrate what he thought his life was going to be. Yeah. He's and real tiny. Haven't we all had those mornings, you know? Haven't we all? I've got some stickers in here. So I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm a, my desk is a disaster. <laughs> it's popping up. Oh, I have a mound of absolute fucking garbage next to me. You know me. Yep. I have some, Always have some, surrounded by garbage. <laughs> I have some flaxseed crackers. Actually, not bad. Do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you like them? I feel like I have such a um, tumultuous relationship with uh, flax and and the crackers. I made. do. I, I like a little seed. I like a tiny I little love seed. A seed. And sometimes I get Ooh. them being like, I really want a crunchy seedy cracker. Yes. And what I get is like the bark of a tree. Um, yeah, no, these are kind of popping off. I mean, Flacker is a horrible name, but I- I'll recommend. Yeah, that's a bad name. And then uh, ex-boyfriend of the pod, Dave, came over, and he's just continually dropping off stuff, like, as he finds them, like, in his closet, like, clears out, like, my residual yeah. stuff. And he found the half-empty bag of the Kit Kat white fucking, um, the, 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 the ultimate Witch. portrayal of my life, the witch's brew, but from this year. So, it's yeah. these are the horrible yeah, ones. Couple, yeah. And I'm so disappointed. But I'm like, I guess I'll, I'll take them to work. It seems wasteful just to toss them. Yeah. I don't know. Is there an expiration date for that kind of thing? I guess is the question. I say like a couple months. <laughs> is it is is January too late to bring in what is clearly an open bag of, of Halloween. Halloween candy? What do you think? 
I would say don't, like, just like when you have a moment that no one's around, that's when you put it out. And then it's just like, where did this come from? Well, and I did, it's not really like, yeah. oh, I brought this from the back of a closet of an apartment I don't live in anymore. <laughs> Allison, I think you underestimated how 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 much I am myself at work. It will be immediately oh, yeah, who it is. I've talked about these. I complained when they changed. Okay, the, so um, everybody the, will be very aware that they're yours. Um, but I think the, the other reason I realized why I like it so much is that it's so aesthetically, I feel like I'm doing like a makeup video. Yes, it's so aesthetically pleasing. I love the little witch. and I, I love, love the witch. I love everything about this. So maybe maybe part of it was mentally, I, I don't know, I felt love. I um, would say put them in a bowl in mm. your apartment and just leave them there. And people, if they come over, people will eat that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a giant bowl of candy that's just on my kitchen counter. I love counter that. At all t- I actually have lots of bowls of food that are just always available. Because <laughs> I have like this big glass, like fish bowl full of these like Belgian hard can lemon hard candies Ooh, that I okay. have to order online because they're hard to find and um they like hurt your mouth and I'm obsessed with them. But then I also have Yum. a small bowl of shelled pistachio like like pistachios to kind of pick at and then a bowl of raisinets. Oh, I love the raisinets. Yeah, I do want to now that I have my own place, I want it to be a place where people can come by and I'll have snacks or like things yeah. for them to eat. That is again a leveling up that I I've never been able to achieve, but I feel like it's it can be done. Way to live. I just need to think thoughtfully about what those snacks are, and this is a good place to start. Candy, I myself find too disgusting to eat, and we'll go from yeah. there. People will like it will be intriguing enough that if somebody's over, they'll be like, "What's going on over here?" and they'll they'll mm. want to try it. And, like, and I love a little intrigue. I love a little mystery. A little mystery. Okay. Um. um well, we, I wanted. Oh, sorry. To kick off, uh, we haven't done uh, like a question in a mm-hmm. long time, but we did get a message on Patreon. If you're a Patreon member, this is the kind of access you get to us. You can just ask us very specific questions at any time. Uh, Shannon Z asked um, uh, if I could do a follow-up review on my eyeglass slash jewelry cleaning machine that mm-hmm. I had one year. I bought it a year ago because I bought it when I was the anniversary dad's uh, surgery, which was in February. Um, I will say... I don't use it every day. I use it like once a month on my glasses and jewelry. Like I think that's a month is like how dirty they need to get for me to justify running this. Right. Thing. Yeah. Which is which requires almost no effort and time. <laughs> I just have a little cloth I clean my eyeglasses with, but I do like the idea of the the technology. The technology is so. If, for those who don't know, it's kind of like a little hot tub for your jewelry and your glasses. And I'm somebody who wears wireframe glasses, as are you. Um, and the listener asked, uh, I've heard, I've read that they can rust the screws and scratch the lenses. That's really I have not had that happen. Okay. I cannot speak to if that is possible. <laughs> and and do you remember what model it was or where you got yes. it? I, I have yeah. the Acuna, A-K-U-N-A. It's the, like, it's a whole company that makes just this one. Um, it is on the higher end of the spending that like, I didn't realize when I got served the ad for it on Instagram, I was like, well, I must just buy this one mm-hmm. because advertising works. Yeah. Um, and so um, the, you can absolutely, like, it was like $89 or something. And I was like, that seems right. But like, you can absolutely get a cheaper version for like 30 or 40 bucks on Amazon, I believe. So just like, look for a um, micro bubbles. I think that's what it is. I do like the idea of you saving up, like how, like all the filth on your glasses for each month. Like it, you'll you get to the point where it's literally so cloudy that you'll put them in the machine. That's what I'm imagining. Yes. Um, oh, Akua, not Akuna. Akua. Okay. A K U A, a sonic 
jewelry cleaner. And I could see how rust could be a concern because you are keeping, you know, but you're putting things in water for a couple of minutes. But I have not had any rust. I think as long as you dry it off afterwards, I will say that it makes my glasses so much cleaner. It feels like getting new. I, I just got a new pair of frames with a new prescription. So it's already like fabulous to be seeing. Um, I, I recommend it, but I think you can find a cheaper one than the one I got, the Akua. Um, yeah. But you can, yeah, there's one on Amazon for $35. It looks exactly the same. So I would yeah. say if you are interested in this world, do it. I clean my, you know, I don't have a lot of jewelry, but I clean my gold jewelry in it and it always comes out very shiny and sparkly. And all my friends who have big diamond engagement rings drop their rings in and they come out flashing. <laughs> so highly recommend. Wait, so sorry. Do you have to dry them off? Are they wet when you take them out? Yeah, because it's like you fill a little, it's literally like a hot tub for Wow. We need a video so you, of this. I'm saying it now. Yeah, you need to I, make you know a video so I you can see re- it. I will record a video of it that we will put on Instagram. Okay. I don't um, know why I'm having a hard time imagining what we're talking about. But I it's like, like a little, little bath. It's like a little bath. I love it. And you turn it on and it starts like there's like tiny, you can't even see them bubbles. And you, so you just like leave them in for like three minutes or something like that. And then it turns off. And then you take them out of the water. So like, you you know, I usually just like put them on a paper towel and let them like dry a little bit and then wash off the lenses and your brand new glasses. Incredible. Absolutely it's, it's incredible. Great. So highly recommend. That's an update on the jewelry cleaner. Um, thank you, Shannon, for even asking. Um, um, go get one. And uh, I think that's a lot of white women's business right up top, which is sure. perfect because yep. this is, of course, part of our Awful White Women Month. It and continues. We're back at it with some legitimately awful white women. Um, and uh, this is a movie recommended by Rosalind, Rosalind H. and Sarah A. on Patreon. So thank you so much. And the movie is, of course, The Neon Demon. Um, yes. We always like to have Allison uh, react to the trailer. So, Allison, what are your thoughts about The Neon Demon trailer? I mean, very into this as someone who worked in fashion briefly and still always kind of cares about clothes and models. Um, mm-hmm. A perfect world to be setting um, an awful white woman horror movie, and that's for sure. Absolutely. It was, this came out in 2016 and boy, does it feel like it. I feel like this is definitely a pre-Trump. So it's May of that year. Yeah. This is a pre-Trump horror movie. I don't know what about it, but it feels like a time capsule sort of. Yeah. Like definitely 2010s. And I uh, was directed by Nicholas. Oh, I feel so bad. This is another thing. I'm like, I've never said his name out loud. I've seen yeah, his name a million times. Brutal. Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, he also did Drive. Um, he is... He did Bronson in 2008, Valhalla Rising. He's done a bunch of films. Yeah. Um, and uh, this also, a pack with stars. We're talking Christina Hendricks. We've got Elle Fanning. Oh, wow. We've got uh, Jenna Malone. Uh, we've got we got Keanu Reeves. We've got, wow. you know, we're running down a list of top tier talent. Um, and uh, before we get into it, um, we also take Baseline Scary. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of the best way because there are a lot of different elements, but they're all like, you know, obviously Garrett, connected yeah. in this film. But I guess the, like, how scary do you find the concept of somebody coveting your physical beauty as a woman? Ooh, scary. Very scary. I mean, even like just being a regular woman, like a very middle of the road, you can find her anywhere lady um, walking around. That's scary. Um, so to be very, very beautiful in the way that I believe is happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah, I've um, obviously been deep in my, you know, again, post coming out uh, uh, rumination. And this movie, I think, 
uh, accurately and then in some parts kind of maybe a swing and a miss. But really, the overall theme of it is how we as a society really strip mine uh, women mm. in particular, but all feminine people in general yeah. Yeah. for their feminine beauty. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like all the different aspects of that that is happening to a teenager because Ugh. when you become a model, you have to be a teenager. Yes. Which is insane. Because and I will say standards are still morally child. wrong. Yep. Considering we know what happens to children who work in any industry, like any obviously industry. like 18 should be the bare minimum. I mean, like it's just insane to think about like the being 15, traveling yeah. alone, being alone yeah. with adults, like all this shit that we know is a bad idea. Right. And this sort of one one young woman's experience of it in a horror way. Mm. Um, what do you think the twist in the Neon Demon will be, Allison? Guess the twist. I mean, the trailer doesn't give a ton of info in terms of, like, plot. Like, I mean, it's like you get the sense of, like, oh, a very young girl um, is entering mm. the world and people, you know, and it's scary. That's kind yeah. of all I could gather. Um, so what, do you think, what do you think the plan is? What do you think they, they're going to... What do people I think? think, that they're, I think what are that they up to? Somebody's going to try and, like, like, re- like, like, replace her. Like, become her. Okay. Like, single white female style. Like, like, one of the other young women is trying to get rid of her and, like, take her place. But, like, in a very, like, one-to-one way. Like, trying to look like her. Try, like, so that we don't know she's gone. Yeah. That's okay. my guess. I, I absolutely like that. Okay. <clears throat> we open on Jessie, played by Elle Fanning. She's in very editorial makeup, like an editorial, like short, shiny blue dress. Her throat has been split, and there's blood sort of dumping down her chest and arms as she lays on a couch. And as we pull out, we see she's on a sound stage, and there's a photographer, and we'll find out his name is Dean, is shooting her corpse. Allison, it is, of course, just a photo shoot. Yes, of course. And afterwards, we see her in the, you know, in the green room. She's sort of trying to wake all, wipe all the fake blood off her arms. This is a movie filled with fake blood. And I just kept thinking they're get, going to get it on all these incredible outfits. Like I these know. are, at the end, they think like every designer for loaning them like these gorgeous garments. That they just destroyed with fake blood. <laughs> yeah, they're just covered in corn syrup. Um, and as she does, we see. Oh, so sticky. We see Ruby, the makeup artist. Uh, played by Jenna Malone, is sort of just staring at, at, at Jesse. And this is a very common thing in the movie that people are just so struck with her beauty. Um, and she comes over and says, do you mind if I help you? And starts helping her wipe down. She says, oh, are you new to town? You know, you kind of have the look. And, and Jesse sort of reacts uncomfortably. But Ruby says, oh, no. That deer in the headlight, headlights look is exactly what they're looking for. Ooh. I know. Gross. Jesse tells Ruby she's staying alone at a motel in Pasadena. And it is, okay, so this is in California. Yeah. So this is LA. This is the LA this is modeling. Um, there's some mention of acting, you know, but it's a LA modeling slash fashion scene, which is interesting. Like, I actually think this is like a movie that accurately depicts how lonely and scary it can be to be alone in LA. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting not to make this a New York movie. This seems like a, it should right. be a New York movie. I, right? I just don't think of. LA when I think of sorry high we passion. don't we just don't we don't like, the, you know, industry like, isn't, the industry isn't centered there it's centered objectively in New York and in Europe like it's not 
California has been only very recently part of the conversation when sure. it comes to and there's, I'm high sure there's plenty of work here. I'm sure there's but, lots of modeling to be done, but it's right. not that kind of model. It's not you're going to be a model. And there, as soon as she has any success, we'll see. Basically, the first thing you'll say it's like, well, once you succeed here, we'll, we'll obviously get you right to New York. You don't. Yes. Okay. You don't have to stay here very long. No, no, know? this is a nightmare. <laughs> um, and so they're talking, chatting, and Ruby says you're staying alone in a motel. What do your parents think of that? And Jesse says, they don't. They aren't around anymore. So again, okay, got it. She's alone. She's entering a new terrifying world. She does not have anyone to go back to. Um, Ruby invites her to a party that night. And it's like said it like obviously what is like a hardcore, like it like it is like black, it's like red strobe lights in a totally black space. Like it's supposed to be like the most hardcore mm. LA club. Cool. And Jesse is wearing basically like an American Eagle like outfit, like a like a little skirt and like a tucked in shirt, which yeah. was very funny. And also, <laughs> like, yeah, you fun. wouldn't have cool clothes, you know? Right. Um, and we see that she meets Ru- up with Ruby. And then Ruby has two friends who are both models, Sarah and Gigi. We also see across the room, there is a man looking at Jesse menacingly, mm-hmm. sort of predatorially. Mm-hmm. Um, in the bathroom, they sort of have their first little mean girl moment. Uh, Gigi puts on a lip. And then uh, Ruby starts putting lipstick on Jesse, and they start talking about the names of lipsticks. This one's called Red Rum, and Ru- Ruby says women are more likely to buy lipstick if it's named after food or sex. And I'm like, well, what are you supposed to name it after? Like verses of the Bible, like skin illnesses, right. like what the fuck yeah. are you talking a- about? Animals, like the tax code, of course. Like oh, I will food say, and sex, the only thing our brains care about. Like what are you talking about? Right, W nine. Yeah. Also, red rum is an allusion to The Shining, so like that's right. not even rum literally. You know, no, like, it's like murder. Yeah. Um, but um, years ago, I was at a, a Sephora and there was like a line of like, I believe it was like a British line of nail polish. And there was this like kind of like creamy white, like just a, like just like an off white one. It was called Load. <laughs> wow. A big so swig. Scene. It looked like a bottle of cum. Wait, so did you buy all of them? Yes, of course. I own the company now. <laughs> You're like, we will only be selling one color and it will be One load. color. We're never changing load. the name. I love Maybe the- one day we'll have jizz. But like, load? I was load. like, incredible. Also, load is like, of all of the words. All the words. Of all the euphemisms. That, load. It's the best one. <laughs> I feel like a like, load is like what a 13-year-old would call it. Like, yeah, it's like, like load what? is like, yeah. Like, when you're like, new to coming. <laughs> Yeah, new new to the new to the project. Yeah, it was like jizz is almost like funny enough. I don't know. It's like Lotus, like yeah, somehow jizz is kind of like goofy. Oh Lotus my god, so I love like, that. It's so I'll I'll um That's so funny. I'll find the photo and, and send Thank it you. to you guys so we can we can share that when this comes out because it is uh fucking gross. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, and Gigi sort of teasing uh Jesse and says, "Oh, she'd be food. She'd be dessert because she's so sweet." And Gigi is sort of just gushing over, like, oh, do you have, is that, are you naturally blonde? Is that your original nose? Which it is. Jesse's like, the natural beauty, which we'll get right. into, of course. Okay. And then Gigi's boasting about, she's had an insane amount of work done. And, and it's, she's very proud of it. She goes to this Dr. Andrew in Beverly Hills. It's like, he calls me the bionic woman. And Jesse says, is that a good thing? Gigi good turns question. on a dime and says to her, so your parents are dead. That must be really hard for you. Okay. 
And Jesse looks over and realizes, oh, Ruby must have told her friends, told them about my parents' demise. Yes. Um, you know, and they said, okay, well, you don't have a family, but you must have a boyfriend. But Jesse also explains. That's an insane thing to share about some. It's like, oh, you're going to be my friend, Jesse. Oh, what's Jesse like? It's like, oh, she's a model. She lives here. Her parents are dead. Like, it's just like not what you would bring well, up. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of this movie asks a red you flag. to be like, hey, all of these people know or about to know that she is not old. Like, she's like a teen girl right. that With you no are parents. inviting to nightclubs and like, like, it's like, the, even the their, their relationship to begin with is already like, what are we doing? Like, hanging out with this teen. And they're all supposed to be, like, in their early 20s. Like, they're, it's not like they're so much older. But I agree, like, there are certain, like, I think we're supposed to constantly be to be aware of how young she is, you know? Or at least I was, you know? Maybe that's not the point of the movie. But boy, 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 she looks at. And I believe she was 16. Elle Fanning was 16 when she was cast. And then 17 when they shot this. She looks like a teen. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this she's is, also just, yeah. like, a younger, like she's, yeah. she looks, I mean, she is a young person, but she has like very like the doe-eyed, like it, she reads even younger than she is. Yeah. So again, I think that's, that's with intent, you know, obviously a young woman's beauty that uh, people are going to want for various reasons throughout this film. Um, and they, so Gigi keeps like pressing her like, okay, you don't have any family, but you must have a boyfriend. Like oh, you come on. And Jesse says, I just got to town. I don't even know anyone yet. Sarah butts in and says, She's asking, who are you fucking? Isn't that the question? A pretty girl walks in and everyone wonders, who is she fucking? Who could she fuck? How high could she climb? And is it higher than me? And my reaction is, honey, let's leave a little mystery. And I mean that both to her character, like you don't have to be that pressed. But yeah. also to the director. I'm like, girl, you don't have to explain it. We get it. Like, right. we, 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 you don't have to give us a little monologue. You know, we understand what we're talking about. A new hot model in the scene, everyone's going to be kind of like... Should I take her out? Should I befriend her? Who's she fucking? Is she going to fuck somebody to get ahead mm-hmm. in her career? Yes. Um, and they say, they're basically like, well, you've obviously had sex with men, right? Do you even like men? And she says, oh, yeah, I have sex with men all the time. But in a way that obviously she hasn't. Like, she's yeah. just a teenager, right. you just know? Kind of like, like, yeah, I fuck all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking loads all the time, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Gigi and Sarah, they walk back out into the club proper and Jesse sort of lingers to admire the lipstick that uh, Ruby gave her and Ruby calls her back and they end up watching like sort of a bondage performance. Again, this is Los Angeles. I feel like this is every Tuesday. Like you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. walk without this kind of performance in a good way. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like, that's why people live in cities is like well, there's uh, access. Yeah, the nightlife. Exactly. And they're sort of watching this woman be suspended and sort of lifted in the air um, with by ropes. And Ruby starts laughing and Jesse joins her. And it is sort of this moment of like, this is fucked up, but like we're sort of forming a friendship, even though everything about yeah. this is going to be fucked up. Of course. Um, in the morning, Jesse wakes up at her motel room in Pasadena. And this movie treats Pasadena like it's like a fucking hellhole. And at least for me, the people I know move from Pasadena, it's because they have enough money to move to Pasadena. Right. Like, it's not, it, maybe that was, maybe that's an in-joke as well, is that it's, of all the places that she could be, Pasadena's pretty nice, you know? Yeah, I know. There's, like, definitely worse parts of L.A. to be in. And maybe that's sort of, for the people who live in L.A., a joke for us. Yeah, like, um, LOL. Like, yeah, my fr- I have friends who live there who are like, well, we really wanted to buy a bigger house. And I'm like, you did it. Yeah, exactly. People we know who've had babies who are like, yes, where should right. I live? Pasadena. Yeah. 
um, in the morning. Oh, yeah. So she said she puts on a lip and she goes to her interview with the head of a modeling agency played by Christina Hendricks. The name of the head of the modeling agency is Roberta Hoffman. And she looks at the photos. So she, the only photos that Jesse has are the photos that Dean took at the beginning of the movie. And we find out, like, he just reached out to her. He saw her photo on Facebook. And he's like, do you want to take photos? Roberta tells her, be careful with that. Don't just go out and meet guys who are going to take your photo. Please be cautious about that. Also, they're bad. So she kind of puts them aside and says, I see 30 girls a day that are good. You're going to be great. He said, she says, we just need to get you some photos that aren't so amateur hour. And uh, I'm going to get you a test shoot with Jack MacArthur, who is the name of the business. Of course, Jesse doesn't know who he is because she is not in the business. So she says, you get photos done by him. If they're good, if he likes you, this is, I mean, this, we're going to New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're good. This right. is happening. Right, right, right. I think that we could really fucking do this. I'm talking international runways. You got a baby. So of course, Jesse, this is a dream. Like, oh my God, I live to live in a dump and I go in here and a woman tells me I'm so beautiful. I could travel the world and make money off of my beauty, right? Right, right. The gamble right. is paying off. And Roberta tells her, okay, all I need is a voided check and a copy of her driver's license. And Jesse's, her face falls. And of course, both we, the audience, and Roberta realizes she's not 18. She's underage. She is. But Roberta gives her a parental consent form and says, all I need from you is to bring this back with a signature on it. Someone needs to sign it. And going forward, you're going to tell photographers you're 19. And Jesse says, like, well, no one's, yeah. No. Jesse's like, well, no one's going to believe that, right? And Roberta says, they'll believe whatever we tell them to believe. Because I'm assuming that's how it works. I'm sure there's plenty of people who are underage who do not have those kinds of consent forms. That they're like, just say you're 18. We're not going to fucking do anything. You know? Right. They don't give a shit. Um, back in her motel room, Jesse just signs the form herself. Obviously, it's not like they're meeting her parents or checking right. or whatever. And you know what? A lot of this movie, do you have you seen the movie Jawbreaker? Yes. I mean, a million years ago, but yes. I fucking love Jawbreaker. Jaw- Jawbreaker is like, like this movie, like some of the dialogue feels like they're trying to do that. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, 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 yeah. But it doesn't have the comedic element. So it's just doesn't, I can totally see that. You know, it's not like popping the way it should, but it does to me really capture the loneliness of, of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Obviously I moved here where, you know, uh, when Dave and I were together, I already have friends here. Right. It is a, it is a, if you don't know anyone, it is a fucking lonely town because unlike New York, you have to know where to go in yeah. order to go there. You have to yeah. find, how right. do you find places? In New York, you could get on the subway and literally go anywhere. And it has and its own problems, obviously, but. Of course. But the year I lived in LA, I was just like, oh, this is wrong for me. Like, this is a very wrong for, like, because I was just there, like, by, like everybody was coupled. I was just kind of like, around there was no like you couldn't just like walk around and go somewhere you had to do like it just to me felt like a very 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 lonely place and I had a lot of friends <laughs> yeah it's it's a really I, I think I've said this before on the pod but our friend I believe my our friend Anna Dresden wrote this sketch if not I'm going to give her credit but there was a cut for time SNL sketch about a open mic in LA and there I think it was with Kristen Stewart was on it was like Kristen Stewart and um Kate McKinnon were sort of a Tegan and Sarah parody and they're like, oh, we're a musical group who escaped from a cult, but also we own all these Airbnbs. So at the end of their set, they say, so if anyone wants to feel completely alone, oh no, if you ever want to feel unsafe in the loneliest city in the world, just give us a call. <laughs> and boy, they're, I'm not, I mean, I haven't lived in that many cities, but boy, I'll tell you, you know what I mean? Um, they're not wrong. 
Anywho, she signs the form herself, and then she goes on a date with Dean, the photographer we met at the beginning. Okay. And they go up to the foothills, they look out over LA, and Dean watches us sort of like Jesse walks, sort of ballerina-like on the ledge, looking out over the city. And she, of course, tells him, like, When I was a kid, I would sneak out to the roof at night. I thought the moon looked like a big, round eye. And I would look up, and I'd say, Do you see me? And she tells him, I can never figure out what I'm good at, but I know I'm pretty, and you can make money with pretty. And Dean tells her, well, I think you're probably more than that. I mean, you, yes, you know, I, you're, I, you're, you're a human being. Absolutely. It's like, absolutely beautiful, but I'm sure you have other talents. And, he, and she says, well, I, I ran into a problem because the agency said they would sign me, but I have to lie um, about my age. And of course, he says, well, how the fuck old are you? And she says, I just turned 16. Oh. And for a second, you think Dean's going to do the right thing because Dean sort of like sits back and he goes, I think I left the stove on. So you think maybe Dean's going to bounce? No, he's not, you know. But he's going to, in the cadre of freaks we're going to be meeting. Um, he's on the tamer side? He's on the tamer side, you know. Okay. So he, I think he is supportive. But again, it's like, even the nice people around her are people who like, he does want to fuck her. Like, he does want to like be around this intense beauty, which when you're 16, it's like, you you should be able to rely on older people to keep you safe. But mm-hmm. as, as people, as women or like, it happens anybody really, but yeah. I don't know. You just know that that's not true, unfortunately. And so it's like, even though he's on her side, you know, and I think we're supposed to think that he is right. There is that moment of like, ah, you could have done the right thing, but. Yeah. Ooh. When he goes to drop her off, he leans in to kiss her and she's just, she kind of turns away. She just told you she's a child. And when she goes up to her room, Dean calls to her and says, look, and the moon has come out. And so in that moment, it was like a nice thing. And she says, would you want to go out again? And he agrees. Oh my God. Allison, she struggles to open a door. That's what we think. It's like, it's a shitty motel, so all the doors stick. It's like constantly like having to force the door open. Yeah. It opens the door. Can't turn the overhead lights on. But you can see that she, she's left this sliding glass door of the patio open, and a figure is moving in the darkness. So she freaks oh, out. She runs down to the management office, and which I'm like, I've lived in buildings here. There's no, no one's there off hours, you know. But are barely there on hours. (laughs) And we meet Hank, who's the manager, played by Keanu Reeves, who is like an absolute mean, rude drunk, who's just like, oh my God, are you fucking stone coming down here? And then his right-hand man, Mikey, they both kind of try to blow her off, but she says, someone's in my room. If you don't do something about it, I'm calling the cops. And they're like, okay, we're obviously doing drugs in here. Don't call the cops. Yeah, yeah. They go up to the room. They force the door open because they can't, the, the lock is jammed. They end up kicking the door in and initially they say nothing. And Hank says, you're going to have to pay for that fucking door. Like, this is bullshit. Mikey looks in and we see there's a fucking mountain lion has come in through the open door and is on the bed and roars at them. This is something that LA has, which is... A hundred percent. Giant cats. Predatory cats. There's sometimes a, sometimes a bear even shows up. Like, we Bears definitely around. have... They're around. Whereas, like, New York has, like, you know, a disgusting menagerie of animals. Like, but... The, but they're New they're York t- animals. And they're not that big. <laughs> like, right, the, yeah. A mountain lion, like, can and will kill you. Right, like a rat... A raccoon got- is just kind of, like, in the way. Yeah, I was gonna say, if a rat got into your room, it'd be really upsetting, but it couldn't kill you. And then that made me want to ask, how many rats do you think no, nope, you could nope, fight off? I don't- no, I'm asking, Allison, let's be real here. How many, how many rats, rats could I fight off? Fight Successfully fight off. I'm gonna throw up. 
Um, <laughs> um, and you are allowed a weapon, but I'm going to say the weapon is a frying pan. Six? I was going to say three. Yeah. I guess six, it depends. Six like, is what, ambitious. What their vibe is? <laughs> yeah. Do they have a, are they, do they have a plan? Are they, they organized? <laughs> yes, that's the question. Or are they just kind of scurrying around? Because I think if they were all kind of panicking, Right. And I also was panicking, obviously. Mm. I could maybe manage. I, let's say five. Five. Yeah. Okay. No, in my if mind, they are, they're, yeah. they're, it's coordinated. It's a coordinated <laughs> attack. There's a coordinated attack. Three. <laughs> they found you eating their pizza and uh, decided to take you down. Um. So uh, the next day, Jesse. So that would put me out for a week. But Jesse has to go to the shoot with uh, Jack MacArthur. I would and- leave California. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> moments before we get to the actually, what would you do? Where I was like, Allison would have already left a million times. I would have been like, I will just do anything else with my life. I would have, I would have at least, I mean, it wouldn't be the right move, but I would try to live with Dean or I would, you know, yeah. I mean, call Ruby. Like, I would try to find a different you place where a mountain lion sleep. couldn't get in. You could never sleep in that room <laughs> no. again. You would that always be like, is it knows. here? Yeah. No, it knows you're there. It knows um, your scent. It knows how comfortable your bed is. Oh, no. Big kitty in a big bed. Um, so the next day she goes to a shoot with Jack MacArthur, only to find out that he was the man who was sort of staring at her menacingly at the club. Okay. Fortunately, Ruby is there as the makeup artist. It kind of puts Jesse at ease. And she has sort of these gold, like metallic sort of space designs on her face. And everything seems like it's going well until she starts shooting with Jack, who treats her entirely like a prop, like an object, right? Mm-hmm. He tells, mm-hmm. yeah. She tells all there's like, obviously like, assistants and like other people involved in the studio and ruby says you you guys can leave and it's going to be a closed set i don't like that ruby tells him i don't mind staying it's totally fine i'll be quiet i'll just be in the back but he kicks her out too and of course a surprise to no one who is knows we're watching a horror movie he immediately tells jesse to take off her dress yep which she does and again she looks like a teen she is obviously a scared teen yeah. And he says, no, all of it. And so she has to take up her bra and underwear, too. She's no. shaking. And he tells her, turn around. And then, Allison, the lights suddenly all go out. <gasps> I was, And it was first time I saw this, I'm like, this is the scariest fucking thing I can imagine. I, I can't think of anything scarier. Like, to be in that situation and have that happen, it's like, well, I guess all the things I was hoping wasn't going to happen is about to happen Are to definitely going to happen. Um... But instead, we see her, well, not instead, but instead, we see her sort of under a spotlight, and Jack is walking over with sort of a, a silver container. He walks up behind her, and he just starts smearing gold paint across her chest and neck, which would be fine if you had had the makeup artist do that, and it was part of the shoot, and this had all and been she, discussed, and she knew that she'd be nude. Like, it's like, all And it wasn't are, you and her in a dark room alone. alone. And also, she's a teen girl. Teen so even, girl. I mean, maybe you think You're she's 19. Man. But exactly, she's totally new to the city. New, like, she literally knew. You know that she's new to modeling. So it's like all these things could, um, in real, I mean, real life, God willing, there's some mitigation of this. But you're watching, you're like, oh, God, oh, no, just hoping it doesn't get worse, you know? Yeah. Um. Fortunately, he's, that's where it stops. He, he takes her photo. And then later we see Jessie leaving. She's showered and she finds Ruby smoking outside, which is surprising because it seems like she's been there for hours, you know? Right. And Ruby says, how'd it go? She's like, it, I was really great. And Jack thinks the photos are really great. And who knows, like, if they turned out well, like, he may be able to get me other work. And, you know, he might be sending it to some of the um, designers to do runway work. And Ruby says, that's great. I don't think you should be alone with him. Yeah, Correct. But Jesse says, and it was, this is so hard because like, I was just thinking about 
we don't have to get into the specific, but just like this dynamic, which I feel like when I when we were in our 20s, was I remember saying something to this effect about someone who later was like, turned yeah. out to be a sexual predator. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, obviously. And it was not the context where someone was asking me about that. But I remember being like, I don't know. He seems okay to me. As if that like meant anything or like I know contradicted anything or like, but I remember thinking that about this person who later like I mean, yeah, uh, you know we don't even get into it, but like horrible shit came out and I was like, damn, I really I thought in some level that my my like my experience was was objective on some level experience and, and I right yeah. and I think a lot of really positive change has happened and at least people are aware of the fact. I think of like even Harvey Weinstein where people were like right. He was fine. It's like, no, actually, even when he was not sexually assaulting people, he was a monster to work yes. with. So yes. maybe he wasn't right. mean to you, Meryl Streep, because you're fucking printing money for him. Right. But that experience of a person does mm-hmm. is not universal, right? Yeah. Especially in this kind of thing where it's like, you're working. Where you have something comedy. they want. And right. also, and I'll say this, and like, maybe this is like too morbid to say, but I swear to God, we were in our 20s. It was almost like there were so many people, so many men. There were so there were so yeah. many people that people said stuff about that I was kind of like, all right, I guess everyone's everyone's horrible, and there's no way to know. Which in I, fact, the yeah. opposite is true. It's like it, right. that's why you have a whisper network. That's why people tell people things. Is like you can't just let the L fanning of the world walk into those situations if you have yeah. information. No, there were. I just remember so many, just specifically in comedy, getting like, oh, don't. Well, don't go on the road with this person. Don't open, you know, for them. Yeah. Don't. don't don't, don't be alone go out with them. with them after a show. Like, yeah. don't hang out. Like, and it's, uh, and I'm not saying like there was one person that it's, it was no, many, no. many people. Yeah. And like, and it was just like almost too hard to keep track of. So I was just like, all right. And you just move through the, like, you know, yeah. it just is a dark, the entertainment and like the industry where like people are the product is such a, like, so like modeling, fashion, TV, acting, like all of it, like comedy. Yeah. It's just so. Not that it doesn't also happen in tons of other right. industries. Yeah, exactly. But like you're, you know, like night industries where you're out at night and that's part of the and job. And people are drinking like, and yeah, it's, it is about so your body fucked. in a lot of ways. Like even yeah. when we were coming out, because I, I think, I think a lot about how like the comedy I did was like straight girl, Amy Schumer comedy. Cause that was what was popular, you know, 10 yeah. or 12 years ago when I was doing stand up, and how much of that was about like, how many situations was I in where I was like, well, I want to be here, but I'm wildly uncomfortable. So I'm just going to ignore how uncomfortable I am. Yes. And 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 I do think there is, and I can, I look, I, I get, a, you know, I'm an optimist. I do feel like there has been progress in the feminist, you know, endeavor that I hope. And I think young people will, are more aware of like, you don't have to accept this in a way that like, I just thought like, well, you can't change people or change how things are done. And people now are like, actually, we have to. In fact, that's what we are doing. It is unacceptable to let this continue on as it is. But I was just like, I guess this is what it is. And like, I like remember being like, at least I've never been like physically assaulted in a very bad way. (laughs) Like that's how I like left my 20s and my early comedy days being like, I guess I'm, it wasn't that bad because I wasn't, yeah. Absolutely. Like, and again, like moving, like comparing it to the worst possible thing rather than, having an objective, positive, yes. like, actually, it should be yes. good. You should yes. be able to do you this and not, not ever feel scared, scared or, or objectified or threatened or yeah. othered or like, it's just, uh, 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 yeah, and I have a lot of, I was saying, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff to think about comedy as someone who doesn't do it anymore. But yes, yeah. we, we should do that, a whole episode about that. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll do that at some point. <laughs> but Jesse shrugs her off and says, Jack seemed fine to me. And Ruby says, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean. 
But Jessie, again, she's young and she's kind of got her first taste of fame. She says, I'm not as helpless as I look. I'm fine. But Ruby insists on giving Jessie her number and says, like, if anything ever happens, just call me. It'll be fine. Afterwards, Ruby meets Gigi and Sarah for lunch, which is three coffees and a fruit cup, which again, <laughs> LA, very funny. Hilarious. And Ruby mentions, oh, Jesse was there being shot by Jack MacArthur. And they are shocked. They say he does not shoot new models. Like, Gigi has started shooting with him, but only just. And she's been at right. it for years. Uh, you know, and, she, you know, Gigi's like, actually, you know, I've shot with him way more often. So that's actually more impressive. She just started one time. Who knows what will happen? Mm-hmm. But Sarah says, you know, that won't last. Like, we're getting older, you know. And yeah. she says, who wants spoiled milk when you get fresh meat? Well, you, you got Whoa. me there, Sarah. That's, I guess, something. Yeah, a disgusting way to put it. But Ruby says, and I think there is something interesting because I think a lot, a lot about this, especially as someone who works in entertainment, is yeah. the thing about, Ruby says, the thing about Jessie is she has it. Like, she has the thing that we're yeah. talking about. Like, we're all, we're all beautiful. You know, like, we're all beautiful people. Sure, you're all models. Like, yeah, we're work, you're working models. She has it. And I feel like you do feel, see that in some celebrities where, they're totally. not. They're not so much hotter than everyone, or they're not like whatever. I mean, they have but money, so they look as best as they possibly can. But course. but there's something they've got it that like takes them yeah to a different level. Um. Soon after, um, Jesse goes to a audition for a runway show for the designer Roberto Roberto Sarno, and Sarah is also there, and they have to be in their underwear, makeup free, in high heels, waiting like for hours to <sighs> walk. To walk for this designer. Also just standing in high heels for a few hours, even if I'm fully clothed and like no one's judging me. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I know. And it's like, they can't even wear like a little tank top. You gotta have Something. their panties. Like, what are we doing? Oh, you know? God, what are we doing? But um, Sarah walks first and Roberto Sardo has bar- barely looks up. He's seen it before, honey. You know? Mm. And, and his assistant Tired. says, Sarah, we've seen you before, right? And Sarah just immediately knows I'm fucked. When Jesse walks, Roberta looks up. He can't believe it. She crushes. And again, to me, as someone who doesn't know fashion, it all kind of looks like walking. So I was like, okay, you know? Yeah. But then she's off to get measured. She's going to be in her first runway show, which is, again, one photo shoot. Now she's fucking doing actual design runways. So Sarah is struggling to fight back tears, leaves, gets dressed, and goes to the restroom Mm -hmm. sobbing. And she stares at herself in the restroom. She's a beautiful woman, a stunning woman. And she picks up what, I couldn't tell if it was an ice bucket or if it was like the thing that the paper towels are in, but like it's a mm-hmm. silver metal container, shatters the mirror with it, screaming. Okay. And Jesse is immediately outside the bathroom when it was about to open the door and stops, but then peeks inside. If you ever hear that in the bathroom, don't go inside. Go, there's Turn another around. bathroom. Go to the men's room. Any other bathroom. Leave Pee the outside. building. Pee your pants. We're big promoters of being our pants. Just do it. Um, but she peeks inside. There are mirror shards everywhere. And Sarah's portfolio looks like she's ripped out some of the photos. Mm. And and Jesse starts to help her pick them up. And Sarah starts smoking a cigarette in the restroom. And Jesse says, I thought you honestly did great. I thought you were you're beautiful. And Sarah says, don't pretend you don't see it. How people notice you and they see you. Me? I'm a ghost. It's just like, I don't know, man. I just got here. I live in a shitty motel in Pasadena. Like, you know. There's a mountain lion that's there with me. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Keanu Reeves may or may not be a predator too. Um, and Sarah says, what does it feel like to walk into the room like it's the middle of winter and people look at you like you're the sun? And Jesse says, it's everything. Sarah lunges at Jesse and Jesse sort of puts her hand on the floor like she rocks back. 
and it cuts her hand open. And so she's gushing blood with a piece of mirror jammed in her hand. Uh, uh. Sarah asks, okay, can I see it? But when Jesse offers her hand, Sarah grabs it and starts drinking her blood out of her <gasps> palm. Allison, if that were you, what would you do? What would you do? I am yanking my hand back and running away and won't stop running until I hit Utah. Like that is yeah. like get me out of that. Like I'd rather live with the mountain lion. Like this that is not no, no one's drinking fresh blood out of my hand. And all I can say, because I completely agree, I think most most people who had their wits about them, they would absolutely do the same. Um, I think they the movie does kind of do a good job of like, well, where would she even go? She doesn't have a family. Right. She, you know, it's like these. She's art. This is like one of the four people she's met in LA. She's right. a teenage girl. Like, I think it, they set up a good way where it's like she probably wouldn't leave because she would just again blame herself or chalk it up of to some course. weird experience. Like, oh, like, I guess I don't get it. Like, you know, you self doubt and, and yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be able to necessarily leave in the way that uh, ladies are. Right. She'd be able to get out of there. I'm, real quick. I'm out of there. I'm hitting the bricks. Exactly. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So Jesse runs back, runs back to her motel and she sees Hank sort of ranting to himself in the parking lot outside the manager's office, and she sneaks past him. She's like, I can't deal with this. Only to look out the window later and see him staring up at her. Nope. Mm -mm. She goes to the bathroom, and she has some cleaning supplies, and she tries to clean her wound, which is pretty gnarly. Like, it's still gushing blood, only to hear a knock at the door. Glass in your hand. Uh, And again, I'm like, oh, there's no way she has health insurance. You know, I'm like, well... If she went to the ER, I mean, I mean, she's probably trying to avoid it. Luckily, when she opens the door, it's Dean who okay. hands her a bouquet of flowers only for Jessie to collapse and her head sort of falls back on the carpet next to the spilled roses. And the, it, there is something very Lana Del Rey about the whole endeavor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get real Lana. Yeah. Whole movie, really. And there's something, there is something that I was thinking about also with regards to this movie, where there is like, when you're in your 20s, being miserable is kind of romantic. Like, it feels like- 100%. And like, to be be 23 in New York, to be like, oh, my life's terrible and I'm in love with like my miserable self. Yeah, walking down the street, like listening to sad music and it's cold and you're in a coat and smoking a cigarette and it's all very sad. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't live in fashion. We've never, well, you worked in fashion for a little bit. I never worked in it, but like, I know what it's like to be like, sort of like my beauty and my misery are sort of like the only things I have going on at a certain point. So of course you have to romanticize being miserable because it's it's, the only, how do you not be miserable? Exactly. Like you do not have the information to make yourself alive. And also if you're listening to this, you're like, well, I wasn't like that. 
Congratulations, Congratulations. on not living in New York and L.A. <laughs> yeah, right. You must have had a very nice life. <laughs> I'm really excited for you. I'm so glad. Yes. You probably got a lot more done than us. Like, you know. I didn't get anything done in my 20s. <laughs> oh, I know. Just looking out the subway window. Just fucking, oh, I'm in a, I'm in a movie, but also I'm yeah. very sad and I'm going yes. to cry to McDonald's bathroom. But there, there, there was something where I think like, I think of like teens. And then, like, Lionel Ray is just sort of like, the one that comes to mind is like, yeah, like, like sort of romanticizing mm-hmm. the negative parts of people trying to strip mine your femininity, like almost yes. like, like, oh, daddy's going to like, you know, whatever, teach me or hurt me or do something where it's like, right. instead of yourself as yourself, because we do not teach people to be themselves, especially when right. they're young, you're like, what is a trope? It's like, well, I'm miserable and vessel. I'm a young, yeah. beautiful woman. I'm a vessel. Yeah. And the only way, and of course you're going to romanticize that because like, that's your life. Yes. It is, right. you are miserable. Like you're I was miserable. miserable. I was miserable and beautiful in my twenties and I didn't enjoy any of it. Nope. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm on my, get my library card and go to the dentist stage of life, which is great. But I, I always think about my friend, I have a good friend who's like married, 40, fat, like has an incredible job, teaches at a, like, like I teaches at a girl's school, teaches drama. Like I've seen the productions they did Amazing. in Astoria, fucking sobbed. But she sees like how obsessed teen girls are, obviously, oh, with sure. their body and like getting men's approval. And you know I'm in the weeds with that because of again yeah, coming out obviously. so late. And she's like, and I said, Well, you know, I mean, you know, it's sort of like you're an example of like you don't have to be a, have a traditional body to like be happy and like have good sex and like have relationships. She's yeah. like, the problem is they don't want to hear that from their fat. <laughs> 40-year-old right. married mom drama teacher. Because that's like, not romanticized it's as not like romantic. something you would want. It's like there's exactly. nobody yes. looking at that life, yeah. even though like we're both like, that sounds incredible and terrific. All I want to do is sit on a porch. And it is what it is. Like, it's like, oh, the things that I thought were not cool or like dumb or like, I don't want to do anything like that my parents did. Yeah. That's all I want to do now. I yeah. just want to relax. Age. That's aging. That's what our culture does. It's like youth is valued yeah. and youth is exciting. Aging is boring and being old is nothing. And I it's know. like, oh no, it's actually great once it's you get really to it. It's really great. And I and it will get we'll talk more about that. But it's like, yeah, this you sort of like you have to romanticize these things because they're they're told you're that's your worth when you're right. especially as a young woman. Well, because you don't have any other currency because you aren't yes. like exactly you don't have a ton of like experience doing anything. Nobody trusts you. You also don't know anything. Like, it's like, beauty is all there is. Yeah, and especially, I think, is like, young people, no one wants to listen to them. Even though uh, all the young people I work with have really incredible insights that people should thank be God listening to. Gen Z. Honest thank to God, thank us. you. Please, well, you see how, they see us. You know, we see you, but you see what we're doing, you know? Yeah, we're a mess. Um, but, so Jesse collapses on the floor of her motel room. We sort of see these images. There's an upside-down blue triangle a red pyramid, and then hands pushing through the wallpaper of the hotel. And when she wakes up, Dean has gone down to get, like, um, supplies to uh, fix her hand. Mm-hmm. And while he's he there... left he, her there, like, passed out? Well, she wakes up. I think he puts her on the bed. They talk. Oh, I see. Oh, and then he goes... Got it, yeah. got it, got it, got it. But then also, I guess, the reason she was avoiding Hank is Hank wants $200 to fix the door, even though he's the one who broke it down because he didn't want to, like, take two seconds and try to figure out the lock, you know? Right. And Charge the mountain lion. I know exactly. Um, he basically, uh, he gives Hank $140. Mm-hmm. And Hank tells him, I know you're seeing that little girl up there. You know, I'm just telling you, if you're paying me money to fix her door, you better be getting something out of the deal. Ew. And he says, and if you, if she's not giving it up, check out room 214. I got a lot of girls staying here. That girl just got here from Sandusky, runaway, 13 years old, real low leadership. And again, Dean... Is he attempted to date a six-year-old? Yes. 
But at least Dean has the decency to be repulsed by what by what Hank says. There's some line in the sand for Dean. Okay, fine. And uh, later we oh. see we see him getting like a pair of like those like medical tweezers, like you, yeah, you yeah. get at CVS, and pulling the glass shard out of Jesse's hand. So again, ah. he is trying to be there for her. Next okay. time we catch up with Jesse, um, we are at the uh, Roberto Sarno runway show. Okay. Gigi has also been booked. So again, okay. Gigi is book busy and blast. She's booking. And everyone's getting their hair and makeup done. And the makeup is, again, a little on the nose. It's like a smeared blue eye, like a red smeary lip. It's just clown makeup, you know? Yeah. And Gigi spots uh, Jesse and says, what are you doing here? It's like, bitch, you know why she's here. She's about to take your job. You know, she's about yeah. to become a star. Here she comes. And she says to Jesse, you know, you must be fucking him. Roberto Sardo doesn't just let anyone walk his show. And I'll be honest, and look, maybe he, in this, this character could, of course, be bi, be pan, like, they have any sexuality. As it is written and it is cast played. and as it is played, he is a gold star, grade A, died in the world, homosexual. <laughs> and again, it's like, no, he didn't book, like, it's like, it doesn't have to be sexual. Like, and that's true of the fashion industry. It's like, it's not that it's all sexual. It's, it is about right. the It's not about him body. wanting to have sex with her. It's, it's about him knowing that everybody wants to have sex with her and, also, and making the value, like that being her value. Not necessarily like the one-to-one of like this man. Right. And I think like there is something that's like, you could you could be, not appreciate, but like you could see, objectify someone Yes. Not sexually. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you can be, think someone's beautiful and not have to be sexual. And I'm trying to work on a stand-up joke because I kind of feel like that's how I feel about men. Like, I, I do mm-hmm. find men attractive, but I find them attractive, not objectifying sense. I mean, just, like, physically men being attractive. Sure, but in the way that, like, a bouquet of flowers are attractive, where it's sure. like, well, you still kind of want to fuck them, right? Like, there right. is something, or eat them, or something. Like, there is this, like, eat desire. Are you, are you saying that like you see beautiful flowers and you're like, I could eat that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe that's just me. And maybe that's like for me to unpack with my therapist. But there's something where it's like, it is like you want beauty, but most of us yes. are like, you want to consume beauty in whatever way exactly. is accessible to you. And that's yeah. quite li- and literally. And it might not be sexual. Like it yes. might be something else, but you want to take that. Yeah. And, and I think that. it's like that. that's the human struggles, how to want beauty or be around beauty and not dehumanize the person who is beautiful. Who is beautiful. That's, I mean, that's what, that's what feminism is. Like, we're, all like, that's what we're all trying to do, you know? And so this is, again, an example of like, and she says, I don't think he's, I'm his type. And Gigi says to her, well, why not? You're very masculine. Where it's like, okay, Gigi. Okay, what are we doing now? Like transphobia? Like, grow up. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, and so uh, Gigi sort of blows past us and she says, you know, I didn't even have to audition. I didn't go to the thing that you went to. I was just picked. And when I show up, I just pick what I want to walk in because Roberto knows me so well and he thinks I'm incredible. Not how things work, but sure. And then she says to Jesse, do you know what I want? I know you want to ask me what I've had done. And she runs down all the plastic surgeries she's had, which is like, she had her, uh, her breasts reduced first. She said that it's better. The clothes hang on me like a hanger. And then she's, she got it all done. She had her face, every every aspect of her face done. She's had lipo. She's done it all. She looks great. And part of me's like, well, I, you you are a working model. I don't know. It's like, it works, you know? Uh, but she sort of looks in the mirror and, and looks at the clown makeup and says, I don't know about this year's makeup. But Jesse says, you look perfect. And then she asks, did it hurt all the surgery? And she said, yeah, but like, it was worth it. No one likes how they look. And Jesse tells her, well, well, I do. 
Just then, an assistant comes to grab Jesse and tells her Roberto wants to see her. It turns out Roberto wants Jesse to close the show, which again, I don't know fashion, but my understanding is that's, that's the headliner spot. Headliner. Yeah. It's usually like the biggest, the, the mm-hmm. gown. The, the blowout yeah. gown. Exactly. And she has this like gorgeous, elaborate blackout. And then has a big fake braid that's very 2016. Yeah. Like a fat, almost yep. like with like a little tuft at the end. Horrible. But it's interesting when she starts to go down the runway, she sees herself standing in a blue triangle of light at the back of the runway. And like she we had of, seen in the in, in her, wallpaper. yes, when she passed out. Okay. And she sees herself and she's sort of the evil glam version of herself, like the model version that's in red. And the model ver- version kisses herself in a mirror. And we see Jesse's face smile back. And suddenly, so she's gone from the blue triangle into sort of this red triangle, which I think we're supposed to believe is like her complete sublimation into like the world of power yes. and beauty. And like, I'm allowed to do that. I'll be honest, as a woman, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. She thinks she's beautiful and she wants to make money. Like what? Oh my, what a dark yeah. transformation. Right. The thing it's we're like, all oh, she's participating the in the industry that she can succeed in. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think we're supposed to think like, yeah, she has gone from this fucking country bumpkin, this Georgia peach, and she has moved to the dark side. And that's it. You're not getting this shit in Pasadena. You know, you got to You got to go into the belly of the beast. Um, also we see, uh, that Ruby works as a morgue makeup artist for extra cash. So she does makeup for modeling shoots, but then she also has this day job. So we see her making up an older woman after she's, she's passed. Um, after the show, Jesse, who is now a huge, literally has been to one more show, and is a huge bitch. She looks incredible. She's got like a plunging, like halter top. Her hair looks better. Her makeup's better. Right. She meets Dean and brings him to the after party, which is just sort of, it looks like it's at Musso and Frank's here in LA. Huh. Like it's like Booth's, Darkwood, and brings him to meet Roberto Sarno. And they attempt to join Roberto, who's sitting with Gigi and then Roberto's assistant. And Gigi says, I don't think we have room for two more. And so they sort of sit at a table, like kitty corner. Yeah. And we hear Roberta's assistant complain that she had gone into an audition, but she was kind of baffled because they told her that her face doesn't match her voice. And Gigi's immediate response is to say, Oh, you can fix your face. No, don't do that. Why not? Because you can always tell when beauty is manufactured. And if you aren't born beautiful, you never will be. That's terrible. No, that's good. Which then I'm like, all right, again, okay. this is before perhaps we were talking about um, trans people and what they, like, being allowed yes. to live in public life. Like, the idea that, like, yes. your natural bo- beauty is the only beauty you're allowed to have. Allowed I to have. really disagree with that. And well, I like, also understand that's the, insane. The entire concept of, like, fashion and makeup and hair undercuts. Like, exactly. It's like, exactly. Well, then I shouldn't be allowed to wear lipstick like under your like that that's like false under your rules like also, it's just you're not, selling yeah like you were in the business of selling beauty the idea of beauty to people but he's saying like he has this like rarefied like yes. i'm a connoisseur of beauty you know yeah and Gigi says well i don't think it's always obvious when someone's had work done and so he calls dean over and has him look at Gigi and says is she beautiful and he says yeah she, she's fine and roberta tells him that's the word she's fine he points at Jesse in front of Gigi, in front of the other models, and says, true beauty is the highest currency we have. Which, uh, to be fair, Allison, you did say that earlier. It true is. beauty is the highest currency we have. Look at Jesse. Without it, she'd be nothing. And of course, Dean, again, to his credit, says, I think you're wrong. I don't think that she'd be nothing. 
And Roberto says, oh, I bet you think that it's what's on the inside that counts. And Dean said, that's exactly what I think is true. That is it. And Roberto tells him, well, I think if she wasn't beautiful, she, you never would have even spoken to her. And it's like, it is, that's true, but that's not what we're talking about. Like, also, right. when you, like, are attracted to people, it's not like we live in a world where only extremely attractive people are, go on dates or, or people right. allowed to be attracted. Like, it's like, I like, that's a fair point, but it doesn't contradict what Dean was saying was like, there right. are many more things to a person. But instead, Roberto tells him, beauty isn't everything. It's the only thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. Working in fashion <laughs> would be really fun. Just like, I, as long as it's this part. where somebody This part, yeah. This like around. weird, like, yes. Beauty isn't everything. It's the, the only, only thing. It's like, oh, okay. okay. Dean, of course, starts to Jesse says, can we please leave? <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah. And Jesse says, if you want to go, you can go. And he does. Later, she arrives home to find Dean sort of sitting on the steps up to her room. She says, what are you doing here? And he says, is that what you want to be? You want to be like those people? And she says, Dean, no. I don't want to be them. They want to be me. <gasps> and climbs the stairs to her room where she, again, the metaphor, she takes Dean's wilted roses and throws them in the trash. I love that. So just, heavy just exactly like, is that, is that good? No. Is that no. fun? Is that fun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, when Dean, Dean leaves, unfortunately, Hank is wasted and he emerged from the manager's, manager's office right. and we see him staring up at Jesse's window. She lies down on her bed. We see Hank's POV as he makes his way up to her room. Allison, he opens her door. Ah. Sensibly with whatever keys they have in the management office. And he finds that Jesse, she should have just like dozed off in her clothes on the bed. I regrettably have to inform you, Allison, that he takes a knife out of his pocket and he slides it into Jesse's open sleeping mouth. She wakes up, of course. She starts um, choking on it. Yeah. A knife? And he laughs at her and he says, wider, like open wider. Meanwhile, I did think of like, this is a teen girl filming this. I'm against the film industry. Not really, but like, you know, this is all, you're Keanu Reeves. I'm sure you had a lot of conversations about it, but like, oh boy, you know. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Now, if Keanu Reeves wanted, wants to put a knife in my mouth at Into my it. age, well, and consensually, well, on film, sure, absolutely. But yes, of course. This was like a sort of like running up against of like, like, ooh, we're the thing we're, the thing we're making the movie about yeah. is also what's happening in the making of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, fortunately, she wakes up, it's just a dream. However, Allison, Still had to film it. she wakes up because she hears somebody op- trying to open the door now. Obviously, it's Hank. Yeah. So he's trying to get up, get in because he does have a key. So she runs the door and is able to throw the deadbolt and the person can't get in. Allison, she hears him walk to the next room, room 214, where the 13-year-old is staying. He breaks into the room <sighs> and she basically puts her ear to the wall. Jesse puts her ear to the wall. And here's him raping the 13-year-old. Call the police. Screaming. That's what I didn't understand. Like, I was like, is there no room phone? Do you not have a cell phone? Just call right. fucking 911. Yeah. And Ooh. also, there'd be other people in the motel who would hear it. But yeah. again, she's 16. So I think we're supposed to think she panics. So she doesn't know what to do. Fear of, yeah, just how the world works. Totally. And I think that's what we're setting up is like she... It's like we can see how fucked up this is. Because she's 16 and does not have anyone she's and her family's like, dead. She's learning that the world is brutal. Like it's yeah. like these are the things that and are being shown to, to her. Take it. Yeah, and the only thing that's going to buy you out of that brutality is beauty and the power and right. money that it will hopefully bring her. You know, 
So it's like, it's under, I don't know. It's like everything she does this. I'm like, yeah, I get why you didn't leave. Is that it's, you're like, yeah, well, the world's horrible. It's going to be horrible wherever I go. I'm a 16 year old girl, you know? Yeah. Uh, Lana Del Rey was right about something. So she's right about that. <laughs> um, but luckily she just calls someone. She calls, well, not luckily for how it turns out, but in a panic, Jesse calls Ruby, who tells her, I'll leave as soon as you safely can. You can come stay at my place. You'll be safe. Jesse arrives and goes to shower. Ruby gives her some pajamas. And, and Jesse says, wow, this is like a mansion. You know, like, are you, are how long have you lived here? And she says, oh, it's not my house. I'm house sitting. Mm-hmm. Jesse says, what's, that's interesting. As you said, it was, said it was your house, but okay. Maybe I misunderstood. Right. Um, Jesse puts out her pajamas and Ruby, or like a slip, and Ruby's completely made up. And she said, are you going out? But Ruby says, I'm going to stay here with you. And Ruby offers to brush Jesse's hair, just like her mother did for Ruby. And Jesse says, thank you, and tells her, like, I think you're really wonderful. I really appreciate this. I'm nervous. Ruby, of course, takes that as, like, okay, so this is happening. Ruby, like, wraps her arms around Jesse and start, starts kissing her shoulder. And Jesse immediately stops her. And I think when I was watching this at first, I was like, oh, great, lesbian predators. But, I mean, at this point in the film... Everyone Everyone's is the a predator. predator. So and it's it, not as pointed to... That's what I felt, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, with, I'm with you. And so I think, it, and again, like you said, like, it's about the different ways in which we try to extract, like, the beauty and the feminine beauty specifically of yes. young women yeah. and, and other femme people, you yeah. know, uh, and sort of, like, the access to this. And then in doing so, in order to rationalize why we should be able to get that, because it's not ours, it, you know, it's theirs, that right. particular it's theirs. beauty we make presumptions about how we interact with their body. And I'm like, oh, this is patri- this is the patriarchy. So it's like, yes, this is yes. a woman doing it, but like you're taught that of this feminine beauty and the beauty of young people, we yes. should have access to it, yes. right? And whether that's because we're romantically interested or because we have power over them in the professional way, that is the patriarchal project. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't preclude women from doing it as well. We are also raised in patriarchy. So I Absolutely. just look at it as that, like, this is an example yep. of like, yeah. unfortunately, we this is how we're all raised. So then we, if we don't question it, this is what happens. Right. And Je- Ruby says, I thought that's what you wanted. And Jesse said, it's not that it's just like, I've never actually had sex with anyone. I just, I'm not ready for it. I can't, I don't, not interested. Right. Because she She's just turned 16. Right. Unfortunately, Ruby basically is like, it's fine. Basically, it's like, oh, no, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Pushes Jesse out of the bed, kissing her, forcing herself on her until Jesse has to physically shove her away and Ruby kind of falls off the bed before stalking out. So I think Jesse's like, oh, great. So I have nowhere to stay, you know? And <sighs> unfortunately, these, these kind of things happen where it's like, oh, well, I'm giving you something. So I'm, al- so I'm allowed to access to your body. something back, right. And that is something we have to unearth in, 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 like, in all of our brains. Yep. And also, like, I don't know. It's like, this is... Again, it's not a great movie, but I think there's some interesting things here to discuss, right? Yes. Unfortunately, we see Ruby go to stare herself in the mirror. And uh, and it's also like, the problem is not that you're not hot. Like, Jenna, Jenna Malone, you're hot. You're hot. It's that you um, are, are being predatory and attacking a young yes. woman, a teenage girl. I don't know what to yeah, tell you. It's, teenage it's not in the mirror. It's, it's inside. Yeah. And we see her draw a face and lipstick with X's for eyes in the mirror. In case we we don't know that. What exactly is that? Um, so in the morning, Jesse wakes up. Uh, uh, Ruby has left her a robe on the chair. And she sort of walks through this gigantic, gorgeous house. Ruby's already gone because Ruby's at her other job doing makeup for corpses in the morgue. And Allison, I've said it before. I, there's a lot of things that I that we hate to see, right? 
You hate to see a lot of things, but one of the things you hate to see the most is Ruby put doing makeup on a beautiful young woman's corpse, getting up, locking the door, taking off her gloves, hauling herself up on the slab, and then Allison no. fucking that corpse, all while imagining Jessie in her robe on her couch. Which no. I, choose, I, I choose to take the scene as sort of my own, like from my perspective, sort of a rumination on consent. The reduction of women yes. entirely to the body. Sure. And, you know, we're all doing it. This is just the most literal, disgusting way to do it. But it's like, oh, I'm, you're, you're literally just using a woman's body however you want. And in this case, quite literally, because the woman's not alive, she can't consent to it. Yep. Even worse, I think it's what like... on earth is worse? Well, okay. It's just that she's making out with a corpse a lot. And I just want to give a shout out to this actress. Her name is Cody Renee Cameron. And she did a great job. Like, I mean, like, to be like, you're going to be hired to be a corpse that is made out with and you cannot move. Also, like, her torso has been opened, clearly, like, for an autopsy and then put back together. Right. So she's in, she's not in the best possible shape, even well, as a corpse. Well, didn't have an autopsy. Well, no, I know. But I'm saying, it's like, <laughs> what an awkward scene to have to shoot. Like, you have yes. to get all this, like, on your nude body, get sort of You have of to get the, all of these prosthetics and makeup done just to have to be perfectly still. Like, well, somebody makes out with you. Yeah. Couldn't they just, like, get a super lifelike dummy? But not in 2016. But back at the ranch, uh, Jessie's, she's put on sort of a fun pink and glitter eye look. Like, she's kind of mesmerized by herself in the mirror. And uh, she also finds that a dress has been laid out by her, or laid out by Ruby for her. And she sort of admires him, him herself in the mirror. And I think for me that, and I hate to keep, I know I'm very much like in the weeds, like, sorry. Normally we just describe the movie, but I'm obviously like, on there's a lot this. to process with this one. And I think the only thing that, like, because I think we're supposed to think, like, wow, she's so totally, she's vain, and she's, like, obsessed with herself in the mirror. And it's, like, that's the softball part of this, is, yeah. like, do you really want to be, like, these beauty obsessed freaks? Right. Like, you really want to be so vain? When, at least as women, and I'm sure for men, I don't want to speak for, like, men or non-binary people, you've had your own experience, and you know exactly what we're talking about, but, like, right. the feminine part of this, which is, Women are driven like dogs since birth to be yes. thin and beautiful. Of yes. course. Could you imagine being so beautiful? All the doors in the world open to you. Yeah. Why would you, you would not lean into that? that? And that's also how I feel about, because I was reading about like um, TikTok, uh, the TikTok trend where people talk about taking Ozempic, which oh, yeah. is a um, type 2 diabetes drug. And that people are sort of using it off-label for weight loss. For weight loss. And I, I don't want to pretend like that's a great idea. I, I think there's a lot of danger to these sort of like miracle-thin drugs that we don't know about until later. Yeah, you know? so, it feels very new and therefore scary because it's like, we don't know what a long-term version of this is. But also, I'm not a medical doctor, nor am I a, a person who has diabetes and understands exactly. that drug and what it does. And So like, I this is me speaking out of my own... Ass, no, no, exactly. But, and, and, and out of my, my ass, let me just say, people are like, can you believe... Doing a lot of talking. <laughs> can you believe that people are taking this to lose weight? Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I, are do you, you, do you live, live in, the in the world? Like, yes, of course they would. Like, again, and I, I mean, to be fair, people take older. tapeworms to lose yeah, weight. Like, like, of course they're going to take, like, a drug that you can yeah. get prescribed to you. Yeah, like, the idea of, like, oh, can you believe this? You know, it's like, and that's not saying I think it should be good that people with type 2 diabetes cannot access the drugs. But the psychological, like, can you believe this? Oh, yes. we can all believe this. Now, should it's everyone weird be taking it? That's a person. Right, exactly. Like, right. Yeah, it's kind of like, this is morbid, but I was watching a Norm MacDonald, like, compilation. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, he said, oh, you know, whenever somebody um, dies by suicide, they say, I, I, can't, I don't, can't understand why he does it. And I always say, you can't? 
And right. that's how I feel about this. I'm like, you can't imagine you can't. doing something extreme to be thin and beautiful. Would right. we live in the that's world we, we live in? Like, and also, yes. And people have surgeries. People have brutal, her- like, I mean, like the surgeries to look beautiful, the surgeries to get thin are brutal on your body. And people do them every single day. Of course, people will take a medication. Of course, people do whatever is on the table to access being thin and beautiful because it is, of course, the most important thing you can be. Yes. If you are feminine. That is and like what is taught to us. I think that's wrong, but that's what's taught to us. And I do think like our, there, we have such a focus on natural beauty, but we, while we also are constantly modifying our bodies mm-hmm. and like to reach a certain standard or a certain idea of ourselves. And I do think like, if you're a young person, I feel like the way that we sort of, uh, we were supposed to think about it, I think is either like you completely capitulate to like the the project of trying to be thin and beautiful all the time, or somehow you were going to psychologically be totally free of it. Yeah. Let me just say, don't put your pressure on yourself to be either. <laughs> like you're, this is going to be Best. like, wh- and, and the question is fundamentally that I think is yes, is like, not, can I be the most beautiful thin woman or alternately, how can I completely be free right. in a world where like you're constantly being inundated these things? It's a process. So don't judge yourself for not being further along or right. ask yourself, what can I do to be genuinely happy? Yes. I feel like as women, we're not supposed to ask that. Like, no, what does never. that look like? And I do think there's something where it's like, some people having surgery and modifying your body is absolutely is the right happiness. move. Yes, it's about happiness. It's about who you are and yeah, being comfortable in your body. Other people, it is, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to step away from this and not scrutinize myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever way that looks like, what could you do that every day of your life is not a battle against your own mind? That's what yes. I'm saying. There's yes. a lot of different ways to, to think about it whatever's best for you to not try to avoid the pain of being like fat or old because it's going to happen. And honestly, yeah. it's great. Honest to God, like never Comfy. been happier. But rather, what could you do to build happiness? That would be my yeah. suggestion. Again, had something I wish I could have thought about. And again, can you even, if you're 22, can you like, understand yeah, it when you're 20? I don't well, know. It's also like great advice. What the fuck? How do I do that? You know what I mean? Right. You don't know what makes you happy yet because you're still new. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's not cool. It's not cool to be old and fat and happy, but you will, when you get there, it should please be. Will, Please allow yourself to be, you know, like yes. me and like Um Also, it's like, I feel great about myself. Do I, every time we get on this podcast, see my own face and think, oh, this bitch again. Yeah. But Truly. it's both. It's both. And right. it's always going to, no, I hate to be like, it's always going to be in a negative way. I just mean, it, it, do not beat yourself up if you're not like totally clear of right. our, our constant indoctrination. Right. Anywho, it is impossible to escape. Yes. Um, and we should be attacking again the system and not our, system. not ourselves or each other based Correct. on our our decisions. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So back to the movie. Jesse sees there's an empty swimming pool in the backyard and Ruby finds her standing on the diving board in, in the gown that was left out as night falls. And we see Ruby walk down into the pool. 
And Jessie, again, sort of has her little monologue. She says, you know what my mother told me? You're a dangerous girl. No mother has ever said that, but fun. We love it. It's like a little play. That is fun. I know what I look like. What's wrong with that anyways? Women would kill to look like this. They carve and stuff and inject themselves. They starve to death. Praying that one day they'll look like a second-rate version of me. And I was like, gals, if I could just have one conversation about with you about feminism, what's about to happen is, can be avoided. Unfortunately, oh Jesse walks back inside the house and she sees Gigi standing at the end of a darkened hall and says, are we having a party or something? Allison, Sarah steps out into the hallway and just fucking punches Jesse in the face. Oh. And then it is a full-on melee. Both Sarah and Gigi have knives. They chase, eventually chase Jesse outside yeah. And back her up against the empty pool. And as Jesse looks in horror, Ruby approaches her and shoves her over the edge of the pool. And we see her dead, well, not dead, dying. Jesse falls and sort of her skull oh, is they pushed her open. in off of the, the, the ledge of the, 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 ledge ledge of of the pool. pool into an empty pool. So like falling into a pit, basically. Yes. So she falls, cracks her head open on the bottom of the pool. And as they look, we see her like shuddering, slowly dying. And her vision become blur blurry as the other women walk down into the pool to come get her. We cut to Ruby in a blood-filled bathtub, her face completely caked in blood. And we also see Gigi and Sarah bathing blood off their bodies in like a, a very explicitly porno moment yes, at course. this point. But it is sort of like the, the, the most beautiful, perfect female, like white, yeah. young female right. body, you know. The next day, we see Ruby, who's totally topless and has a bunch of tattoos, which, again, was, was a fun aesthetic decision. She, like, yeah. she's just wearing pajama pants, and she has, like, all these tattoos. Yeah. And fun. then you, uses oh, a hose to clean out the bottom of the pool. I... And then that night, in the moonlight, Ruby lays down naked in, on the floor of one of the mansion's many giant rooms under the light of the moon streaming in. Again, can you see me? It's the moon. And she lays down, and she opens her eye in the sky. And a river of blood pours out from between her legs. And she smiles. And I think for me, this was like, boy, I'd like to have like a woman or a non-binary person. Like, these are all interesting things. But like, it's almost like they don't hang together quite like how you want them. Yes, I could see that. I don't know how to explain it. It, it's, it should be the more that a movie is more than some of its parts. And this is a movie I'm like, I like all the parts and I see the some of them and I enjoy it. But it's, it's not, not more. Connected. Yeah. Um, and especially like, things like that. I'm like, all right, so what are we, what are we saying? What are we alluding? Like, what does that mean? Right. Are you a vampire? But that day, uh, the, like that next day, Sarah drives Gigi up the coast for another Jack MacArthur shoot and sort of hangs out on set. And it's going to be Gigi and another model named Annie who are about to do the shoot. And Annie's talking to the hair and makeup person about her friend who just needs to retire. She hasn't got work in months because honestly, at over 21, no one's going to hire you. And she said her friend was so desperate, she went uptown to buy baby seal fat from some random woman. And Sarah kind of laughs. And then he says, you think that's funny? Well, have you ever had a girl screw you out of a job? Essentially like, well, you would do the same thing if you would do the same something thing. like that. And Sarah says, I did have a girl screw me out of a job. And Annie says, well, what do you do about it? And Sarah says, I ate her. Allison, the shoot begins. And before, as it does, he, he ate Jack. He, they ate, I ate her. The shoot begins and Jack immediately fires Annie, the second model, because he's seen Sarah and Sarah looks so beautiful. He said, will you join me as the second model? Again, the implication being like Sarah has never been hired by Jack MacArthur and this right. is her breakout thing. Yes. Breakout moment. Unfortunately, Allison, they have to pose by a pool 
And Gigi keeps looking into the bottom of the pool and starts to violently retch, remembering, of course, how they killed that teenage girl the day before. <sighs> She's able to run into the bathroom and sort of pull off her couture before she starts vomiting and she's gagging and, and screaming. Sarah follows her and finds her on the floor. And as she watches, Gigi pukes up Jesse's full eyeball. The eyeball rolls out of her mouth. And Gigi sobs, I need to get her out of me. I need to get her out of me. And she grabs a pair of tailoring scissors. She like, threw up an eyeball? She threw up an eyeball. Really breezed by that. She grabs a pair. Well, something else about to happen. She grabs a pair of tailoring scissors and she stabs herself in the stomach and sort of drags it upward, ostensibly to like pull Jesse out of her. But of course, that's not a real thing. So she collapses. Right. That's not how we digest what we eat. Allison, Sarah bends down, picks up the eyeball, and eats it. I don't want to look at you. I'm so angry. <laughs> Please don't, because I got a big fucking smile on my face, because I love this shit. Sarah puts on her sunglasses, walks out of the room, and goes back to the shoot. Of course, I'm thinking, well, they're gonna find her. They're in just like a beautiful think. house in Malibu, you know? And we ended a shot of sort of, uh, I don't know where we are in California, but like water and like a vast expanse of sand and like the mountains in the background. And we see a blonde woman walking from from behind. And I assume this is Sarah. So she's sort of like walking towards right. her future. But it could have been basically and, anyone else and, except for Ruby, who's Jessie, a brunette. Right. But everyone else is a blonde. So I was like, it could have been Gigi. It could have been Sarah. It could have been um, Jesse. Like, I presume it was Sarah. But regardless. Um, here's my conclusion, because I wrote these notes at the end. Because I, clearly I was on one about this. Yes. I mean, um, when aren't we on one? Exactly. And then, oh, yes. Yeah, so I already kind of said this, but it's like, the, the the concept of vanity or women's vanity, it's like, we, they want to punish up, us for being vain and like, also for, for being fat. The system like, that they bought. Yeah, it's like, if you were vain and you sub- subscribe incredibly closely to like the fem- quote-unquote feminine ideal, you will be punished for your vanity. If you don't, you're like, I'm actually going to be fat and happy and I don't want to fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to have to care or whatever that looks like to you. Oh, like, you're, I'm allowed to represent, I'm allowed to be happy in the body that I have and do what I want with it and I, that's my life. They'll punish you for that too. So it's sort of like, bitch, grow up. That's what that was. I, that was my comment. Basically, it's like, yeah. um, like if you're able to tap into actual happiness and not just fulfilling your societal role, yes. it will not only get you to a better place with your own body. It got me to a better place with my body, but it actually like opens up like so much more mind space. And again, not that like, listen, do I want to take a pill and become thin? A hundred percent. But in the meantime. I'm just not going to punish myself for both not being that or also having those thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yes, yes. There's no point to, to it's going to affect you in the way it affects you. It's almost like do, what do you your best. To, do your best to be happy underneath the way we live. Yes. And that will allow you to be like, how can I help undermine the system that exists? Right. Yes. Find happiness and value that is not tied up in this system and tied up in beauty as much as you can but also it's okay if you want to buy the fucking makeup uh, yeah exactly like I, I it's both and that's the thing is like so many so many of these conversations we don't in america we don't like to have a complicated conversation and to me this is a very complicated conversation mm-hmm. that i myself don't really know how to talk about obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> you know give us Her your feedback figuring your way through it yeah, but you know, it's like, how do you balance these things? No one knows because no one's figured this out because we still live under patriarchy and the systems we exist in. So don't put it on you personally to figure it out. 
Right. But, you know, we could talk about it. And, um, you know, again, like everything else is very complicated. And a really good book that this movie reminded me of, uh, did you ever read uh, Mary Gateskill? Of course. So Veronica. Veronica. Which is one exactly. of my favorite books. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'll just Very read good the, book. Go read it. Uh, it is about a teenager named Allison who was discovered by a photographer and then sort of like is immediately thrown into like the high fashion world of Paris and Rome. Yeah. And oh yeah, New York. And New York, yeah. she meets sort of her like an older, like not model, like eccentric woman named Veronica. And it's sort of a, both about like this, their relationship and also sort of her experience in, you know, sort of the seedier, darker parts yeah. of modeling um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably like, uh, I, I, I haven't read it since we were in our twenties, but I yeah, really, yeah. I really remember liking it and getting a lot out of it. So and yeah. again, Mary Gates Gill, if you want to go on, have your Lana Del Rey moment, go ahead and read I mean, it. Just start reading Mary Gates Gill. There's, yeah. there's a lot of misery in incredibly well-written books. Darkness um, and yeah. yeah. And femininity. Writer. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so fatal mistakes, Allison, what do you think are some fatal mistakes? Um, uh, that people may have made in the movie The Neon Demon. Fatal mistakes. I mean, the mountain lion getting in the room, <laughs> like the least horrific thing that happened in this movie, but like, it's such a sign of like, this isn't for me. I couldn't be. Yeah. I need to leave. <laughs> like, like that, like I would, you know, just staying in LA after and like pursuing, like, I get it, like, this is an opportunity being handed to you and you kind of don't have to do a lot because you just exist as beautiful. Like, it's not like you have to be like, and oh, now I have to train for this marathon. Like, just be there and be pretty. Um, yeah, I, I I guess it's like, where else would she have gone? There were gone? so many signs to not continue on this path. Yeah, and I guess, again, that those signs were the regular signs that if you're a young person you see anyways like you do see a lot of like well this seems bad but i don't know what else the fuck to do right and i don't know i kind of for not forgave her but like i kind of understood being in that situation being like yeah well i don't have anywhere else to go so even though this is bad yes you know and i think again uh, uh, again not a perfect film but i think did a good job setting that up uh, at least which i feel like but yeah, I feel... I'm not calling the cops on the um, horrific rape of a child. In the you, room got it, you got it, I'm, you got it, you got it. I know that wouldn't yeah, change the alternative, like any uh, yeah. thing that happened after that for her and her own, you know, yeah. mortality. But uh, if you see something, say something. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And it's like, it sort of like makes, you know, modeling as the fatal mistake in some yes. ways. Like yes. to enter this industry, which is so punishing and, and so you know, again, yeah, minds you, your young yeah. body for its beauty. It does feel like, I'm sure there are people who have modeled who have had good experiences, but boy, it sure seems like a lot of people had bad experiences. Almost all of them. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to say don't go be a model, but... Right, it's a job. You know, when it starts I, to be horrible, know that yeah. you can leave. No, you shouldn't, nothing, nothing is worth what happens in this movie. So um, yeah. if you're getting an eerie sense... Like, you don't do anything else. <laughs> and because there's something, too, as a young person, like, people talk like, well, you have to know what you're doing. You have to have your path. And then you're 25, you're like, well, I, I, I already, I'm too old to, to not right. try to do this. It's like, no, no. And I guess no, modeling, you age out anyways. Ugh. Yeah, right. It's like, it's such a tiny window. It's like, yeah. do anything else. Um, And then spooky scale, Allison, where would you place the neon demon on the spooky scale? 
a spooky scale. I think there's a lot of fun in this movie. Um, I think there's like a layer of horror that is more social and cultural in this than there are in some of the other movies we do where it's like as a woman, as a woman who has been a young person, like I think it has just an extra like feeling to it because it's so grounded in real systems that we have to constantly confront in our lives and have, you know, from birth. Yeah. Throwing up an eyeball is never going to leave my mind. Um, Seven. Okay, great. I'm going to give this a four. um, Because I feel like there were a lot of, like, individual interesting moments. I don't know if I was scared by anything. The only moment that I genuinely think was I was scared by was um, when the lights being shut off. Yes. When she's uh, initially uh, getting her photo taken. Horrifying. Beyond that, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's beautifully shot. But I think for me, you know, you just want to, I don't know, I want every movie to be the exorcist. You know, I want everything Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. the thing. I want Mm -hmm. it to be the, or the ring. I want, and to me, this is like, I feel like this could have been one for the ages. And it just, yeah. Potential. And, you know, sadly didn't live up to like what it could have been, but still feels like it was a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. And again, yeah, not no, I, I enjoyed it, but not particularly scary, um, mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, thank you everyone for listening and my my diatribes will continue apace, so I apologize in advance. That is what this podcast is for. Yeah. Um, in the and meantime, if you wouldn't mind, please keep, keep it spooky. Please keep it spooky. We love you very much. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Mm-hmm.